Greetings Church, happy Wednesday to you here in this week after the second Sunday of Lent. And this is the day that we take a look at our psalm for the following Sunday. And that would be Psalm 19. And so that will be our opening prayer today as we as we gather around this word. I hope that these times together have been beneficial to you. I hope that uh, you, you find them important and good as we head into this next week, because the goal is to put the Word of God in your hands, in your ears, uh, that you have before we, we come together on Sunday, so that you can hear what it is that you're going to hear on Sunday first, so that you're prepared to hear it again on Sunday. And maybe you will have come up with some new insights for yourself as well. But let us begin. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Psalm 19. The heavens are telling the glory of God, and the firmament proclaims His handiwork. Day to day pours forth speech, and night to night declares knowledge. There is no speech, nor are there words. Their voice is not heard, yet their voice goes out through all the earth, and their words to the end of the world. In the heavens He has set a tent for the sun, which comes out like a bridegroom from His wedding canopy, like a strong man runs its course with joy. Its rising is from the end of the heavens and its circuit to the end of them, and nothing is hid from its heat. The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are sure, making wise and simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is clear, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. More to be desired are they than gold, even much fine gold, sweeter also than honey, and drippings of the honeycomb. Moreover, by them is your servant warned, and keeping them there is great reward. But who can detect their errors? Clear me from hidden faults. Keep back your servant also from the insolent. Do not let them have dominion over me. Then I shall be blameless and innocent of great transgression. Let the words of my mouth the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Amen. I love this psalm. One of the things that I love about this psalm is that it takes God's law, God's revelation, and it first places it in the hands of natural law, meaning the things that are around us. And so it gives a picture, for instance, uh, of the, the heavens, the skies, the firmament where where the the stars are this great dome that that the the seers of old would have said this is the inhabitants of of, of the gods saying that it, it tells of the glory of god of his majesty of his handiwork looking into the heavens and seeing much more than we could ever have imagined before of this god and i wonder for you uh, when you take walks or, or when you, you are outside, does it cause you to sit there and go, wow, God, that's amazing. For me, it was this, this last week on, on Thursday, I was, I was driving into uh, Staples and coming down through uh, towards Nimrod, as I, as I'm, as I do <laughs> on my way from Nevis. Uh, the sun was behind a bunch of clouds and it wasn't yellow, it was just this big white ball 
right there. And I could look straight at it because the clouds had sort of created its own filter so that you could make out that it was giving off light and it was this big white ball in the sky. And it was amazing to be able to look at it and not have my eyes hurt or have my eyes start to water or seeing a spot floating around for the next five minutes. Uh, no, it, it became this thing in that it spoke to me. It gave me this, this, this feeling that this was uh, God speaking, saying that there's things bigger than you that are in charge, that are in control, that showcases the glory of God, this God who says he knows all the stars by name and yet he knows my name too, which is good news. He knows your name, this God who the firmament, firmament declares as a glorious God. And then I love how it puts words in the mouth of the sun and the stars and the moon and all the things in the firmament, but yet says they don't speak. It says it day to day that pours forth speech and night to night declares knowledge, declares to me that I don't know things. That, that for instance, we, we have, we've quintupled the robot population on Mars most recently, right? With all these probes that we've sent there to get data. And we're hunting, we're looking for, for life. We're looking for something more than what it is that we have here. Because I think there is this intense desire in the heart and mind of the human being to know, to have understanding. And here we're, we're sending up things into the stars to try and know more of what the world more than what world we live in now. But then it says there is no speech or words or voice to be heard, and yet the voice goes out through all the earth. That, that it's this thing like the sun there that I saw. It wasn't necessarily speaking, but there was something coming from it. And then he goes on to, to talk about the sun being his bridegroom. And the, the strong man running its course with joy, that it's rising and setting, the fact that I can't make the sun rise or the sun set. It, it's this beautiful picture of God's sovereignty in that, in, in the sense that he has created this, this system that we live in and in, in which he cares for us by having the sun go up and down and all these things, and we can't do anything about it. We can't stop it. And yet that's one of the glorious gospel things, that we can have a really bad day, and yet the sun will come out tomorrow. And then the psalm takes a turn. After putting the words in the mouths of the sun and the stars, it then talks about the gloriousness of God's word. Talking about the law, talking about the decrees, the precepts, the commandments, the ordinances, the fear. And how it's this play, this poetic play on the law of the Lord is perfect. The decrees of the Lord are sure. The precepts of the Lord are right. The commandments of the Lord is clear. I, I learned in seminary to talk about those things like the Torah, the first five books of, of the Bible, Genesis through Deuteronomy. Not just set necessarily as the law, as though it's this legal standard, as much as it's this revelation of God, God revealing himself in a particular way. And he does it through his laws by making us understand how his economy works in his world and how we are not equipped to be able to handle that. And his law is still good. It's still perfect and pure and sure and right and holy and, and true and righteous altogether, regardless of our views upon it. But we learn that in that, in those revelations, comes this understanding to cause us to fear the Lord and to desire 
him and desire his word more than pure gold, right? That's what it says here. And then it says, moreover by them, by his precepts, by his laws, by his revelation, we're warned so that we know how we might live. And then the psalmist says, you know that I haven't kept these things. And there's ways that I've broken these things without even knowing it. And, and so we, he asks that those hidden errors might be detected. Oh, that would, if that would be the case for us, right? That we'd come to God and say, show us our sin. Not so that we can wallow in it, but that we can understand God's grace, his gloriousness that he still gives to us and he still loves us and he yearns for us, even though quite often we look at him and we turn our backs, whether it be knowingly or unknowingly. And then it closes with a passage that many preachers pray to themselves as they walk into the pulpit. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Where we, where we say that the things that I speak of this God that I love, this God that I fear, whose words have come to me, may they be something that is pure and holy in front of him, just as his word is pure and holy in front of me, that they might be accepted that people might know, for instance, that we have a Lord who is a rock and a redeemer. Let us pray. Holy God, through your Son, you have called us to live faithfully and act courageously. Keep us steadfast in your covenant of grace and teach us the wisdom that comes only through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Well, church, we'll see you tomorrow. Go in peace. Serve the Lord.